0: I'm Rena Ninen, and this is Ask Lisa, the Psychology of Parenting podcast. It's a podcast to help parents better understand their kids. Dr. Lisa Damore, a psychologist with three decades of experience and the author of three New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. Both of us are moms ourselves, and we're eager to hear from you. So send us your questions to Ask Lisa at com. And join our community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Ask Lisa Podcast. Episode 113, How Do I Help My Kid Deal With Unfairness? Okay, it's that time of year where people are starting to finally find out where they got into college, a little bit of heartbreak, a little bit of excitement. It can go so many different directions and I don't know. I just feel like the whole process can be so unfair, Lisa. Oh, it's
1: brutal, Rena, I will tell you. We're a year out from it. Glad to have a break before we enter it again.
0: Um, It's hard. It's hard. You know, this issue of unfairness never leaves you. It carries well into adulthood when you see people getting promoted that you're wondering how did they get that. But how, how do we help our kids deal with unfairness when you know something's happened? We got this letter from a dad that really got to us. It says, Dear Dr. Lisa, my daughter just received news that she was not chosen to be an officer of the National Honor Society. While she doesn't expect to win at everything, and we've discussed dealing with losing with grace, she's struggling with the fact that one of the people who beat her out of the position regularly posts content of themselves drinking on social media. We're talking about 17-year-olds. How do I help her deal with what feels like a painfully obvious injustice? Thank you. Oh, mm. you feel it on this one, don't you? You feel it. It's a good kid who doesn't drink and do all this, but the feels like the popular kid won out. It sure does. And it's interesting, you know, the honor
1: society, like there's different ways that like unfairness gets distributed, right? So the honor society, from what I recall, I think this is accurate, you're elected by your peers. Right. Yes. That, that's right. That it is one of those yeah. things where the officers are chosen, and of course, the irony here is it's the honor society. Like they're supposed yeah. to be role models for good <laughs> behavior, and like, right. yeah. it's um. So I can see. Yeah. It's also why seventeen-year-olds are so great because they'll be like, "Oh my god, the <laughs> irony!" Right. The irony of this being a kid who got chosen when they're you know kind of partying and you know in ways that are very um
0: flagrant yeah, I guess I would yeah. say
1: by posting it on social media lots of kids drink but there's also drinking and posting it which are two different things
0: does this happen off you know I will admit I was the president of the honor society back when um <laughs> almost like 30 years ago when um being the president of the honor society was really you are the class nerd <laughs> it's kind of what made it but I you feel the pain because it feels like this popular kid what out does this happen often for the honor society now do you see this Oh, I'm sure it
1: happens. I'm sure it happens, right? I mean, I think this is just one of those things where, you know, it, you know it's often driven by cohort. This is something I've, I've really learned in schools is that um, the social dynamics can be very specific to a grade level. So sometimes people say, you know, what do you know about so-and-so school? Is it good for, you know, would it be a good fit for my kid? And I'll often say, well, what grade are you talking about? Because there can be grades where the nerds rule. <laughs> there can be grades where the party kids rule. Yeah. You know, and and it's interesting. Sometimes it comes down to just like a couple of very powerful personalities, like the dynamic that arises around them. So I guess Rena, the more accurate answer is, you know, it really depends on the cohort. And you know, I was in a cohort where the nerds ruled. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't the lead nerd, but um, <sighs> the, the, there were some great nerds in our cohort, and. Um, I have very vivid memories of the National Honor Society and and the photos and mm-hmm. you know
0: all the mm-hmm. dressing up and you know yeah. like, um. So, so clearly something's changed, right? I sort of feel like it. Does it feel like I feel like the Honor Society was nerds and now it's sort of pivoting? But I, you know what I feel? I feel the injustice of this daughter, the dad's right to write in. I mean, how how can this what what can this parent say to this daughter because she's right? She should have gotten it. I feel not knowing anything. <laughs>
1: Well, and it's interesting because here's the thing that's changed. It's the posting on social media, right? Like mm. if I'm honest about the nerds, right, in my crew, there were plenty of kids who were drinking. Like that wasn't the issue. Right. There were kids who were drinking and also nerds. But where this kid is taking issue, and and I think this actually is a very nuanced concern, is she's like, and they're dumb enough to put it up on like they're bragging yes, about exactly. it in public spaces. Exactly. Right exactly. And so it's it's like a, it's a it's not the drinking per se. It's the drinking plus putting it up in public spaces. And the key word as I was listening to the, the letter, Rina, you know, I think, and you've got it in front of you, it's like she's done it repeatedly or routinely posts. Is that like it's something, it's um, not just a
0: one-off. The people who beat her out of the position regularly post content regularly of themselves post. drinking.
1: Okay. So that to me feels actually salient and important because here's the other thing. Good kids do dumb things, right? Like, that is the, like, if you're, if you spend any time with teenagers, like, you have to work with that assumption that, like, a good kid can do a really dumb thing. And so, if this letter had said, once posted a picture on social media about using, mm-hmm. about drinking, it, I would have a different reaction than the regularly. Hmm. Because, Rena, like, all my time with teenagers, like, I will give kids a pass to do something dumb once. Like, I will, I will not pigeonhole a kid based on that. Totally. But what's interesting, and I think really, really salient is not just that this kid is posting on social media about the drinking, but is doing it regularly. And I think what you and I would think with anybody is like, that's a real question about judgment. Yes. Right? Once with a teenager, that's just being a teenager. Repeatedly doing it raises questions of judgment. And so I, I get it where there's this question about like, this kid is not showing good judgment on the regular why does that kid get to be an officer of the National Honor Society when I've got better judgment,
0: yeah. right? That's what the kid is asking. So what do you think this dad should say? How do you approach this conversation? And, and what should you hit when you talk to them about this?
1: So again, our phenomenal letter writers, he's already talking with her about losing with grace. He's already talking with her about the way this, you know, is part of how the world operates, I think is is inherent in that. And yet he's reaching out, right? Because she's like, no, this is, some, this is some baloney, right? She is really unhappy. So, in terms of what to say, I think the first part is like, oh man, that stinks.
0: You know, that's like my favorite
1: (laughs) four words in all of parenting. Oh man,
0: that stinks. Because it's empathy, right? You're showing you understand how they feel. Yep.
1: And often kids are like, thank you. Yeah. I just needed someone to acknowledge, like, that this is like just a, a grand injustice. So then I think the way if I were sitting in this dad's shoes, I would let the kid vent a lot. I would not try to problem solve or minimize in any way because it's just going to feel like, you know, in some ways insult to injury to just be like, well, that's okay. You're great in lots of other ways. I mean, especially, you know, when you started talking about this, like with the college stuff, this can feel very consequential. Right. This question of like, you know, I'm trying to apply to competitive colleges and this person who I don't think deserves the position got the position I wanted. I would have wanted that on my college application. So it's not just the honor society role. It's the honor society and what it means in terms of how this kid is viewing college ambitions. So anything that doesn't account for that will come off as minimizing. Mm. So I think we need to give a, a very wide berth for this kid to be upset and for this kid to feel like it wasn't fair. I also, Rena, think, and this is hard, a lot of parenting is just saying to kids, yeah, you know what, life's not fair. Like, it happens all the time. And I'll tell you the other place I see this a lot is the kid who either doesn't come to practice that often or is dogging it at practice. Like, they're just not trying that hard. They're messing around or whatever. But they are... Just this natural athlete, incredibly talented, and they are starting. And it is really hard for the teammates when they are giving it everything they've got and never missing a practice and riding the bench and watching, you know, a a teammate who is phoning it in at best get a starting position. Yeah, and I think
0: that's so hard, and and it's so in. Injust, but when you come to these moments where you as a parent know, yeah, the kid's right. This is so wrong. It shouldn't happen this way. But you also know as an adult, you see this over and over again in careers, in life. What's the best thing you could tell them to prepare them for what's going to be honestly a lifelong exposure to injustice and things that really shouldn't be right?
1: Well, this is true, right? I think that's also part of um why I don't want this dad rushing to reassurance or rushing to minimize it. Is it like you and I, you know, we've been around, like you see similar stuff happen all your life, right? Totally. Where people, you're like, wait, why'd they get that job yeah, <laughs> or yeah. why'd they get that promotion? Yeah, but it's exactly like,
0: what, the, what happened in this National Honor Society. It's It sounds yeah. like to me the popular kid, you know, all the kids sort of supported that person and got the votes and that. And I think often- you see reward based on social interactions. Like, so-and-so always had drinks with so and Now that person's promoted, right? So what helps in this moment to help kids understand this issue?
1: Well, I think, though they may not want to hear it, I think saying, yeah, you know, here's the thing. Life's not fair. And this kind of stuff, like, this is something you're going to have to deal with. I mean, to actually put it in broad perspective, they're not going to want to hear it, but it's also helpful to say, like, look, this isn't just a teenage issue. This is a life issue. Now, the other thing I want to put on the table before we go another step is this whole life's unfair thing takes on a whole other layer if you're not a person who's white, mm-hmm. right? So true. that You know, that um, part of the advice, if we presume that this family is white, I have no reason to presume that, but just for the sake of argument, if we presume that this family is white, part of the advice this dad can say to the daughter is, you know, look, it it shakes out over time. And Rena, I think you probably have seen this. Like if people are repeatedly doing things that are problematic, even if it doesn't all the way catch up with them, in my experience it feels like it um slows them down. Right. Or or they they have to account for it in one way or another.
0: It always comes back. Where eventually somehow it comes back. Never somehow. fast enough. But it does. <laughs> <laughs> Never fast enough. <laughs> Exactly. Like I think, like the metaphor that's
1: coming to mind, or the image that's coming to mind, is like it's like it's like a ball and chain they have to drag around. Like they're sort of dealing with it. Um, And in my experience, people who you know do really good work and they do it consistently and well, and are easy to deal with and pleasant, like they just are. Things move along for them in the way we would want it to. Okay. If his daughter's white, he can probably say that to her, right? He can probably say, "Honey, trust me," like. I'm not saying that, you know, turkeys don't win sometimes because they totally do. Mm-hmm. I am saying do what you're doing, you know, keep your nose to the grind sound, you know, be the wonderful, earnest, diligent person you are. There's, you know, you're going to have choices and options and your path is going to, you're going to fly. Mm-hmm. If your kids wait, that I think would be my answer. Now, needless to say, or, you know, is like, yeah, that's for people of privilege who can count on, you know, systems accruing over time in terms of their benefit. You and I both know you more than I know, right that if you're a person of color, the, the hill the, it's, a,
0: it's a steeper. It's a it different is. It's a different scenario. It's, it's important to me of a, a teachable moment that you say could be integrated in something like this. Can we explain these things, or at least put this out there so the kids see some?
1: So I think the way one might do it, right, is to say to this child, well, here's, I got bad news and good news for you. Now, the bad news is you're going to see this your whole life, Mm -hmm. right? Where people who don't deserve things get things and you're in competition with them and you lose out like that stinks. Good news is if you stick with it, if you do all the right things, if you stay, you know, stay on top of stuff and do good work, you will reap the profits of that and you will reap the benefits of it. I think then there's a further conversation depending on the level of privilege of the kid you're talking to, right? And, and so I think if you are talking to a privileged kid, you can say, and you know what, we enjoy the privilege of being white. This is going to be more true for you than most. And then if it's a child of color, I think those families have probably a developed way of talking about unfairness that is different from how I talk about it in my own home and um, would bring another angle entirely to questions of unfairness and questions of how well connected effort and outcome are mm. right that one of the privileges of you know one of the privileges of privilege is that effort and outcome stay pretty closely aligned if you try really hard things tend to go your way even if they don't go your way every day all the time and i think one thing that we can say without question is that the coupling of effort and outcome is less secure for people who aren't privileged, right? People who um, navigate the world from a marginalized place where they may work very, very hard and do all the right things and the outcomes
0: may not arrive mm. um, as they should. We're going to pause and take a quick break. And then I want to talk to you a little bit, Lisa, about the leadership positions that, you know, if this teen, what this honor society was appointed by adults, would it be different than if it was peers and how you deal with that? You're listening to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. EarthBreeze eco-sheets look just like a dryer sheet,
1: but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and... earthbreeze.com slash asklisa I'm all for healthy habits but I don't trust quick fixes this is why I love Daily Harvest they take all of the work out of eating well and all I have to do is enjoy Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herb squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with daily harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa.
0: I was recently watching an interview of the wife of a world leader. And in the middle of the interview, she reaches over to pull her bra strap up. And I thought, boy, this is something all women everywhere are struggling with. This is why I absolutely love Honey Love. I have the crossover bra, which is just so functional, but it feels so good on. I feel like I've got the support without feeling like I've got this heavy-duty bra on. I've been through all the bras. The elastic wears out, the underwire pinches into your skin, you have to hand wash some, you can only wash them this type of detergent, and I just wanted something that takes out all the fuss and will support me day in and day out. Honey Love's not just supporting women, it's empowering women. So treat yourself to the best bra on the market, and save twenty percent off at HoneyLove.com/askalisa. You can use our exclusive link to get twenty percent off. That's HoneyLove.com/askalisa to find your perfect fit. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. We hope you support the show and tell them Askalisa sent you. Honey's, you deserve this. Free the pain and discomfort, and keep the support with Honey Love. Welcome back to Askalisa: The Psychology of Parenting. I want to hit on one topic before we move further which is this concept of um whether the dad or daughter should say something about the fact that the role model here that the person you're supposed to look up to in the national honor society is really making bad choices is that worth highlighting in this conversation Well
1: you know it's interesting like if this were your kid if this were my kid I think part of me would be like someone needs to know yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I yeah. think I think I would have that impulse of like there are, you know, faculty advisors to the National Honor Society and they need to be aware that the kid who just beat out my kid, like I can pull up their social media and I can yeah. show all this naughtiness. I think that would be an impulse that almost any loving parent would have. Yeah.
0: Would you do I, it? Do you re- I'm sorry. Do you uh, recommend? I don't
1: think I would. You You I wouldn't would, recommend his would. dad
0: do that and send it, flag it to the school?
1: I don't think so. Why? I don't think so. I know, right? Why, right? Like you really could. Um, <laughs> It's very funny. My instinct... My instant response, which is a very inadequate response, is a very Midwestern, like, eh, it's a bad look. You know, mm-hmm. like, it just, no, it's a No, but it's, you're,
0: like, it's true. It's like, it, you know it will get, no matter what they say about confidentiality, eventually, I feel like you, it would be revealed who went to the school with this, right?
1: Yeah. And it just, it feels um, both totally earnest and understandable and also, so then what's going to happen? Right? I mean, I think that, like, so then what's, what's the school going to do? They're going to, like, bump the kid out of the position? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because somebody came forward with evidence that this kid is not the do gooder that they're supposed to be, right? It just it feels like it's. Um, here's what I would say, Rena. Here's what I would say. It feels like one of those moves that's going to have a whole lot of unintended consequences, oh, right? I don't know what they are, but I think there's going to be. You know, mm. this is the beauty of having gotten to work closely with schools for a long time. There, you know, there are so many variables at play in any scenario that you change one variable or you do something abrupt or um aggressive, the downstream effects are many and hard to predict. So I I think for me, I would say the object lesson is probably at home, right? Or the Mm -hmm. the conversation is probably at home. Like that, yeah, you know, these things you can't always make them right and you gotta find a way to live with them. And you can tolerate a fairly high level of discomfort, kid, I know you can and I'm gonna help you get there. But I think acting abruptly, um, would have consequences you couldn't see coming that you might not want. And also, and I think this is actually really important, Rina, might signal to the girl in question, the daughter, that this is more dire or more um upsetting to her than she can manage.
0: By the right? dad like, taking that action to go to the yeah. school, it escalates at yeah. a level.
1: It, it does. And it's, it's basically a vote of no confidence in the kid, right? Because like if you're saying at home, like, yeah, no, this totally stinks. Welcome to the world. There's a lot of unfairness. Here's how you can deal with it. And here's how I think about it as an adult who's seen it over time. You're basically saying, like, all right, kid, come my way. Like, yeah, this stinks and it's uncomfortable. And I believe you can handle that discomfort. And I believe that that can be a place where we can have a really meaningful and powerful conversation. If the parent's like, holy moly, you're upset and this is wrong and I can see it's wrong and we've got evidence, right? We've got <laughs> the social media posts. And yeah. it's like, I'm going to call and fix this. Yeah. Totally understand where it's coming from, but it's also saying, like, kid, you can't handle this. You can't Mm -hmm. handle this level of discomfort. You can't handle this level of distress. And, Rena, you know, we've been talking about my book, right? We've been talking about where we have to get as parents. I really feel strongly that part of how we recover from the pandemic and its psychological, like, you know, aftermath Mm -hmm. is we return to a place where. Parents can tolerate a pretty high level of distress in their teenagers, and parents can help teenagers tolerate a pretty high level of distress in themselves. And I I know why we're not there. The pandemic was horrible, but I also feel very strongly that this is part of how we're going to move forward in mm. the most healthy way.
0: Mm. That's incredible. And that's really one of the themes in your the book, The Emotional Lives of Teenagers, your new book, that you talk about living in discomfort and in getting kids to understand that that too is okay. Um, really powerful. Lisa, I want to also ask about this concept, you know, the way the National Honor Society is selected, it's by your peers, as we discussed. Would the outcome, I can't help but think, the outcome would have been different, Lisa, if it was adults deciding on this, probably a good kid, and it sounds like, you know, she's doing everything right. But how do you deal with the fact that this feels like such a popularity competition, and if it was voted by teachers or school administrators, the outcome might have been different? That's painful, right? And it may have. And the parent may
1: be able to say, look, you and I both know
0: <laughs> that kid's hosting all the parties
1: or going to all the parties. And like people are, you know, there's, they vote for that person because of reasons that have nothing to do with honor. You and I also both know that if the teachers were choosing, there's probably a decent chance you would have gotten the job, right? Like, I mean, I think you could say something kind mm-hmm. like that. But I think the other thing we want to remember is the teachers are watching, too. The teachers are probably like, oh, man. (laughs) I didn't think of that. That's not who we would have chosen. And then I also love the way in which I think the teachers can actually exact some, you know, help find some balance, right? You know, that when they do have say about things, they may put a thumb on the scale for a kid who they think got robbed. Um, I think about the awards at the high school. You know, there's awards Mm -hmm. ceremonies and one of the things I love about schools when they do this is that there's an award that's generic enough that they can decide to give it to anyone who they just think deserves an award. <laughs> and there are awards like this that, you know, and they're sort of ill-defined mm-hmm. and and I've been to these ceremonies and you're like, okay, that award like it doesn't really say anything, but like, yep, that kid deserves an award and the school knew it. And so, so I would also right. say, I think the takeaway for this and for the parent is like to say to the kid, let it play out. Like, play the long game here, right? So yeah, so today did not go the way you want it to go. But, you know, I think these are probably juniors. You know, I th- like you got another year in this, in this space. Like if you do nothing, if you lay low, if you don't stir the pot and, you know, react strongly, leave open the possibility that the scales of justice will be brought back into balance by forces beyond your control. Mm. I think... I, I feel like that's often how the world
0: shapes itself. I love that. I love that. And I that. think we can tell kids that too. Ooh, that's really good. That's really good. So, to wrap this up, Lisa, um, you know, going back to this idea of, of how so many high school seniors are finding out where they're going to end up and, and it can be difficult. But when you are helping your children understand unfairness and you're building, um, brick by brick, as we talked about in your new book, you know, their emotional foundation. What should parents keep in mind when talking to them about injustice or unfairness too?
1: Unfairness. You know, I think a lot, a lot of how kids are going to assess this is by seeing how upset we get or don't.
0: They're gauging. And so I
1: think they're, they're gauging our reaction. Mm-hmm. So if the kid comes home and dad's like, yeah, mm, life's not always fair. That stinks, you know, and just can sit in the discomfort with her and bear it, I think she's going to move through it quite a bit more quickly and also grow in her capacity for tolerating discomfort. I think if we react really, really strongly to our kids' unfairnesses, it um, may feel like a vote of no confidence, right? And and not help our kids manage the reality like this is, this is just part of life. It's one of the less pleasant parts of life, but it is a part we all have to learn to manage. It's really beautiful you said.
0: What do you have for us for parenting to go? Okay.
1: So here's, you know, I said, like, it's a bad look (laughs) to call and gripe. I think that's true. But that doesn't mean kids don't get to complain. And so one of the things I think a situation like this allows us to say as parents is like, look, you can be super unhappy about how this went down. And if you want to complain to me about it all day, go for it. Same on, you know, what so many families are dealing with right now where kids didn't get into a college that a kid who they, you know, that they really wanted to go to and a kid that they're like, why did that kid get in? Right. <laughs> you know, like they have so much information on each other. They, they like can't believe sometimes how this all shakes out. I think it's, it's a, it's a good thing to say to your kid, look, you guys know so much, see so much, you're dealing with so much stress. If you want to complain to me about how, you know, if you want to bring what are truly and sometimes petty complaints mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. about how this shook out, please feel free. Like, I am happy to be a vault. Um, you probably don't want to be doing this in the lunchroom. Like, you probably don't want to be doing this up and down the halls, right? Like, there's, this is a place also where we can help kids build an understanding of the importance of discretion, of not um, trashing people in places where it will get back to them. Like it just, you know, it's, it's part of being a, a mature person. It's part of professionalism, right? As we become adults, which doesn't mean we don't complain about people, but we know who to complain to.
0: That is an important lesson. It's not about complaining. You can complain, but know who to complain it to. I will tell you, I have zero regrets in my life of taking the high road. Never, even though it's been painful, and it's not the exit I wanted to take off of the highway. But I have never, ever been disappointed by taking the high road, even though it might not have felt great in the moment. I would rather have taken some other course of action. But long term, it has always worked out. 100%. 100%. Speaking of roads, next week, we're going to talk about whether your child should possibly take a gap year. And you helped me really understand some of the benefits of taking a gap year when my um, Asian personality of keep going, keep going and work hard and, and don't take a detour, <laughs> don't take a detour, what a difference it can possibly make for your child. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop and send us your questions to Ask Lisa at drlisademore.com.